Welcome to the Francisca Show podcast, a part of JewishCoffeehouse.com. The show on where I give a voice to Jewish issues, topics, and people. I'm Francisca, your host. Friends, Dan's, welcome back to the Francisca Show. We have a few announcements. Number one, this is a mini episode. However, an important one, let me tell you why. Very often we have guests on the show and we hear after the fact when there is a happy ending potentially or the guest has worked through the challenges. However, on this episode, we are getting someone who is in the thick of things, who is actually going and living through the pain right now, talking about the loneliness of going through infertility. And I hope you appreciate the fact that this platform gives the opportunity for people to share that very painful experience with so many others, hoping to include them in all while remaining anonymous. Thank you for sharing your time and your day to listen to this painful story. Now that we're at announcements, I'd like to say that we started a WhatsApp group. You can find the link in the show notes and join and comment as you listen. Have in mind, some of our guests are in the group. So use your sensitivity hat while you comment and post. The reason I suggest this is a great way to use the WhatsApp group is because that's what people have been doing, except they've been doing it directly with me. So I'm trying to play with the idea of creating a group environment where you can be doing it with each other, thereby creating a community and inspiring more interesting conversations and topics to come out of it. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Francisca Show. Today we're focusing on the topic and issues of infertility and hearing from women in the firm community and hearing their perspective. And I'm so thrilled and grateful that I got volunteers right away to talk. And without any further ado, I'd like to introduce our anonymous guest today, Sarah. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit about your journey. How did you get introduced to infertility? What's your story? I have polycystic ovaries and it very fluctuates. We got married five years ago and we've been trying for a long time. And I had a first surgery to see what was going on and they couldn't find anything. So we changed consultants and she made me go into another surgery because in England, the ridiculous health system, each consultant is bigger and better than the other, the very big boasters. I had to undergo surgery again, which was very, very scary. It was the beginning of COVID. My husband was not allowed to be with me, going through those doors of the ward and saying goodbye to my husband was the scariest thing ever in my life thinking oh my gosh I am going to be put to sleep with nobody next to me thinking oh my gosh as I was being checked in I was thinking just Hashem please let it go smoothly let it go and I sort of knew what to expect this is after going to Tyrone and Eretz Yisrael I literally went to Israel for 12 hours I mean even so they said to me on the plane you came with us I was like yeah it was the same crew 
and we went to terror, you know, we went everywhere, we went private and nobody could understand what was going on. So I went through the next lot of surgery and as I was being wheeled down, I just kept on saying, Miss Minnesota and just, you know, Hashem, please let me wake up. And it was a much scarier experience as well because I had never seen the inside of an operating theatre. And because of COVID, they put me to sleep in the actual theatre and you wake up in the actual theatre. So when I was putting to sleep, I just remember this mask going over my face and I'm like, in the middle of Miss Minnesota. And the next thing I know, I'm out. I, I I was very, very scared, but I thought, you know, Hashem is in my, you know, it's in your hands. Anyway, when I woke up, I couldn't, I just didn't know where I was. And I was crying and I just said, please, Hashem, let me get through the recovery. And they said to me that it was much longer than expected. And it was very scary because all my friends and family thought something had happened. I mean, I went down at 8.30 in the morning. Nobody heard from me till midday until the consultant came around and said that they found polyps. So, okay, they removed them. And we thought, hey, great. You know, they found polyps. This is it. No, still nothing. We tried everything. I lost weight, everything. Nothing's happening. So I'm finally after six months, a consultant sees me face to face because of COVID. And she says, I can't give you anything at the moment because your BMI is too high. I said, okay, fine. She goes, if you lose four stone, then we can start plumbing. Anyway, I was sobbing my heart out. I thought, you know what? All my friends are having babies, like third and fourth. My pupils that I used to teach are all getting married, having babies within nine months. Like, what else, Hashem, can I do? What do you want from me? And it's very hard. It's very, very taxiing. And it's very hard to keep up beat. You know, when I hear people moaning about their kids, I think, okay, but Baruch Hashem, you have them. You know, thank God you have something to moan about. And then I, when it gets too much, I will go, you know, thank God you've got noise in your house. Thank God you've got kids. Moving on, I got to the point where I couldn't anymore. And I finally lost two stone. It was very, very hard. We went back to the consultant and she was umming and ahhing. You lost what? You said you lost two stone in weight. Oh, okay. And she says, I can see you've tried hard. I'll put you on the clomiphene. Or she gave me something else. It's the same thing. And I was just, I didn't know whether to cry or to laugh. And I started it and she says, you're going to have to go through a lot of blood tests and, you know, blood work. I said, fine, that's not the worst case. Fine. First lot of treatment didn't work. Great. Second lot of treatment worked fine. Then I get a phone call to say that the consultant's off sick and there's no one taking over. And I thought, great, typical. We finally got to a point where we have an opportunity and the, and she's gone off sick. Okay, Alice is back. I said, you know, this is what Hashem wants. In the meantime, inside me, it's very hard. Thank God my husband's very, very strong. He's amazing. I'm very blessed. I'm a bit weaker because I see, you know, all my friends, all my hormones go haywire. And the second lot of treatment, it worked, thank God. Okay, there was an ovulation. Great, we did everything. Comes the third one and it didn't work. I thought we'd burnish Lila. 
what what do you want just help me give me signs but this time I was very very despondent I get a phone call from Boyne Island to say that they are seeing people now and I was actually going down to London they were happy to see me so I went with a big open mind and I took all my medical notes and they says to me um we're really sorry but we can't do anything till you've had four failed treatments now my heart just broke I thought what else what else you know four failed treatments this treatment can go up and down and up and down I just broke my heart. I couldn't anymore. Seeing all my friends, my friends having kids, my friends, my older friends' kids, um, I got kids married and they're all having babies straight away. It was heartbreaking. But the next lot of treatment failed. And at the moment, I'm waiting for them to start the next one. It's a big challenge. I'm not going to lie. It's not easy. When all my husband's siblings are here, you know, it's not easy. We live the same town as my in-laws. It's not easy. It's not kashmank. But, you know, that's when I have the time to talk to Hashem and just ask him, you know, how much more can I take? It's a very, very hard journey. But Hashem knows what's best and that's all that we can try and think. Can I ask you what the treatments, I don't know if they're called differently in America and they are in the UK, but which ones did you? I did tablets, clomiphene tablets to help the ovulation. And Bone Olam said because there were four failed cycles. Olam said they can't help me until I've had four failed Oh, okay. You've had to yeah. fail. Yeah. Um, so it's not that they rejected you forever. It's that you didn't qualify yet to get their help. Yeah. yeah. And it's also much harder now because there's no funding because of COVID. Everybody's struggling. You're so. talking about Bone Olam? Yeah. Yeah. They said that to you? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, everything's a bit harder. Is there anything else you'd like to share how maybe that impacted your marriage? It impacted my marriage in a way, how strong we've become, you know, how I can cry. My husband just goes, listen, it's up to three points. There's nothing else we can do. You know, we're doing our hashtag list. We're doing everything we can. And, you know, Hashem runs the world. It's very hard. He's much more of a very calm situation. You know, he's one that keeps me calm. But deep down, it's very hard. Very, very hard. So you said you've been married for five years. When did you start looking for outside intervention? About three years ago. So for two years, you were on your own. What was it like? It was okay because we both got this thing of marriage is not just a ring around your finger with popping out kids every year. And then we thought, uh oh, something's going on here. It wasn't easy. And it's not easy, but the Rebunish Line runs the world. If there's anything you can tell the people around you or maybe your family members, but you feel like you don't feel comfortable or you don't have the courage to say it, what would it be? Just support your family. Don't shove it in the face that you have kids. Don't moan. Just think of your surroundings of other people that don't have kids. You know, don't sit moaning in front of people that don't have kids, that your kids are tired, that there's a whole, you know, just be thoughtful and 
And that's all that you can do. And the rest is up to God. What's next for you? Like, what, what's the plan? The plan is for the next, we'll see what the next lot of treatment is. Then hopefully the consultant will be better after her broken arm. So she didn't work for six months. I mean, you know, only the English health system, the doctor broke her and she's not working for six months. So we'll see. Hopefully then they'll move on. Or in a way, I would love to say that I would love a fail. And then Boyne Island will take us on. We're just hoping, you know, everything is Hashgacha. Everything is run by God. He knows what's best. And we just have to believe him, even though it's very hard. And, you know, but please, God, it'll all be good. Well, it's very beautiful to see you so strong in your amuna and your faith. Are you getting any emotional support around? Yeah, I have very, very good friends, so I'm very lucky. And do you have friends who are going through this as well? Not really, but it's more the older, my older friends that are helping me that know what to say, not what to say. It's good. Which means what? They know how to, you know, support me and say the things at the right time when I'm feeling down. Would you like to connect with women who are in the moment? I have on Instagram, there's a few groups and on Facebook and we try. But sometimes I just don't feel like talking. Sometimes I'm just very closed up. So what made you respond to my post? I just felt like I can talk about it now. It's not a taboo subject. What changed? I think if I've had like a good week, then I can talk about it. So it's just, it's very seldomly, but on most occasions I'm okay with it. And what's a, what's a good week for you? What's a bad week for you? Good week is when I've just had like, you know, no one says stupid comments or, or like, please God by you. Like, seriously, I don't need to hear that. Just accept my Mazatov wishes and that's all. A bad week is when people have been like giving me their circulars and everything, which I'm not interested in. It's okay. It's good. So people giving you segulas, meaning they're giving you tips or ideas or suggestions? So yeah, they're stupid segulas that I'm not interested in. Like what? Like I should cover my head doubly and, you know, and I'm lighting or I should say this for 40 days or take this. I'm not interested, you know, I'll do what's best for me and that's it. Is there anything else you'd like to share before? No, that's it. That's it. Thank you so much for coming on, Sarah. Really appreciate you sharing with us. It's a pleasure, Francesca. Wishing you all the best. Thank you so much for sticking around until the end. Make sure you are subscribed to the Francisco Show podcast on your favorite podcast listening app so you don't miss an episode. And if you haven't yet, check out some other podcasts on the jewishcoffeehouse.com network. Make sure to join the new WhatsApp chat group where you can comment while you are listening to this podcast. And a friendly reminder that I am a podcast coach and I help people launch their podcasts. So if you know anyone who is thinking or in the process of starting their podcast, feel free to refer them to me for the zero to launch support. Stay tuned for new and exciting episodes coming up this season. And of course, have an amazing week.